Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcasts. It's like radio. But it's not on the radio. Which team had the worst offseason? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears, too. I think uh, when you're going to play defense, you're going to lean on takeaways to help a young offense, and you don't have a kicker, a reliable kicker, that you're going to need those points from after some of those turnovers. Uh, I think the kicking question is is really big right now in Chicago, and I think that might be a problem for them in the season. Have you lost your Mind. Do you know how crazy that sounds? Congratulations, you just crossed the line into completely useless. Get out. Max strips it! My oh my! Khalil Mack, he is unbelievable! WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. Eddie Jackson for the fifth time in his young career has a touchdown. With WGN's Adam Hogue. Some men are born great. Duh. Others have greatness thrust upon them. And from The Athletic, Adam Johns. Rosenbagger! What did you say? Ruin Grunner! What would you say? Yeah, poof. Wow. What you do here? Here they are. The Adams. Go Bears! Hogan Johns. So the great thing about Ernie Scatton's opens, you know, it allows him to kind of interject his own feelings sometimes. <laughs> That was a high and inside fastball right at John Fox right there, I believe. Holy Moses. Ring in the heat, Ernie. I love it. We'll get to that. Though. A lot of people upset about John Fox's oh, comments this week. Foxy. Am I actually going to be defending John Fox on this podcast? Oh, please don't. Please don't. I, that, I feel like I might be. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. What's going on? Do you want me to take your picture? Uh, oh, man. We got a few things. To get I'll to. take your picture. I get. I'll do it. Yeah, well, I will. I will. I'm that's going fine. To. That's fine. I'm. You know. I, I, I. I'm pretty sure you probably have a, your own camera around here set up, ready to go. You know. All right. Some app that takes photos every five minutes or whatnot. Does that uh, even exist? I don't know. You tell me. Let's. Uh, a lot of people are looking forward to this conversation. I'm not exactly sure why, but I already heard about it on Twitter last night, on Facebook, Instagram. Here's what happened yesterday to, to bring the, the other <laughs> listeners that have no idea what we're talking about right now. So I'm walking into Wrigley Field, okay, just doing my job, Cubs, White Sox. I had pre and post game duties for WGN Radio for the White Sox the last two nights. Uh, shout out to Aloy Jimenez, bomb. How that, how, you see, you're just cranky about the home run two nights ago. That's what your problem is, right? I wasn't. Now. I wasn't. I think the Cubs won last night, but, you know, for, whatever. Well, they did. But they were, well, actually, they weren't expected to last night against Lucas Giolito. But, hey, for White Sox fans who are suffering, Tuesday night was a moment. It was a moment. And it was a rare opportunity to just stick a dagger in the Cubs a little bit. Little. Got to admit it. And that's the fun part about the rivalry. Yes. And then, you know what? The Cubs came back last night, gave Lucas Giolito yeah, how about that? first loss in, like, forever. Cy Young. What? Nine-game winning streak over. Yep. And I didn't see that coming. So, hey, it was a fun two nights at the ballpark. But anyway, I'm walking in last, you know, in the afternoon, getting ready for the game. And I'm just walking in near the press box. And I see this figure come out 
of like around a corner. Rather creepily, I might say. You changed your caption on this, but go on. I did, and I'll tell you why about that, too. Okay. Okay. So, it's Chris Emma kind of creepily taking a photo of me. Actually, I thought it was a video. I thought he was taking a video of me, and I think I even said something to him, like, no photos, please. You know, like... Yeah, you know, yeah. He, he was trying to be a jerk, okay? So, I even said something like, you know, you're being a jerk, I don't remember what the exact conversation was. Anyway, about 20 minutes later, I'm in the White Sox clubhouse, and I get a text on my phone, and it's a photo of me from Chris Emma. It was an excellent photo. Okay. So I kind of felt bad for calling him a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But the story is, in the end, that was completely accidental. Chris Emma would back me up on that. And it was a great photo. So why would I not post it? Mm. Mm. Yeah, sorry. I just think if you yeah. have a history of posting yeah. basketball video selfies of yourself, that I think you just open yourself up to ridicule. But just, just saying. Everyone I'm, I'm posts having, I'm, I'm having fun. I know. Well, I think you thought, and you and a lot, a lot of other people, and this is where it's sort of my fault, because I didn't like explain it on the post. Yeah, your first caption was White Sox, Cubs, Game 2, and it's just you kind of just walking into the... When I was <laughs> posting it, I was actually trying to credit Chris Emma, yeah. but I couldn't find... He's like, uh, you know how like you put in the at symbol, and then like the Instagram's name... Instagram's a little bit different. It didn't pop up. Like his, his, and I didn't know what his handle was off the top of my head. And then right as I was doing this, Ricky Renteria was coming up to talk to us. So I just hit, um, you know, send or whatever you post. And uh, it was up there. And then I was so busy for three hours until my post. Now, serious question. Yeah. Did you have regret knowing, oh, my podcast partner is going to see this? I got some buddies who are going to see this. I've just shared this on three social mediums. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, hold on. Let me take a picture. I'm sorry. No, I, I don't have any regrets. Here, here's why. Because here's what you need to understand, Adam Johns. Wait a second. Look at these pictures again. Barney has the same pose in each shot, and these are like years apart. Ah, uh, yes, about that. I never take a bad picture. Never have, never will. To be a bad picture of you. Nope, not one. What about from elementary school? Everyone has bad pictures from school. Not the barnacle. <laughs> I always look drop dead stone cold amazing. Unlike Marshall, who just looks dead stoned and cold. You see, Adam Jazz, you're the Marshall here. <laughs> I do take bad pictures. <laughs> I do. <laughs> A lot of people made that reference last night to me. Oh, that I take bad pictures? No, no, or... yeah, to you, that you take bad pictures. No, the, the Barney Stinson thing from uh, How, how I, I Met Your mother. mother. Yeah. Yeah. And I just Googled it last night to find out how he met it. I never watched the end of the series. I forget. Yes. I watched she, most She's of in it. The mother is in it. Early on, right? Yes. Or at some yes. point, yeah, I think yes. I remember. And she turns out to be dead by the end of the, the, the series, so. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so... Don't feel like you need to Netflix that thing and binge watch it. Shout out to Bob Sackett for just getting that, you know, the narrator role on Mm -hmm. such a good show for such a long time. That's an easy gig. Yes. Anyway, that's the photo story. Oh, kind of a letdown, I feel like. But, 
You know, yeah, you, you I, guys I, were all trying to get after me. I expected on, more. I expected a lot more. Well, you expected you. to be able to give me more crap about it. Then in the end, yeah. you really can't because it was just an accident. So, I do so, understand, though, why people were making fun of it because someone even commented. I think Andy Mazur maybe said, like, is this a men's warehouse ad? <laughs> yeah, open for ridicule. Absolutely. But now the lesson here is be careful of Chris Emma. Right, he might pop out of the corner and take <laughs> a drop dead gorgeous photo of you. Drop dead gorgeous photo. <laughs> if that was the case, that's fine. Never know with that Chris Emma. Sexy. Never know. Oh, Fox. By the way, thanks to Chris Emma for the photo. Yeah. Every once in a while, it's, it's nice to have a good photo of you working. Yes. Okay, if you say so. I just took one. I do say so. You want it? Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's impossible for it to be a bad photo. So yes. there you go. Hey, um, so you heard the open there, Ernie Scat. By the way, we're a few minutes into this thing. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H O G E, at Adam Johns, J A H N S. That's where you can, uh, you know, find um, John's trying to make fun of photos of me and unsuccessfully doing so. Episode 235 of the podcast. Our producer is Joe Romano at Joey Joe Rowe. We do not have him with us today, uh, mainly because Adam Johns, it's like Groundhog Day with you every week when we try to set dude, this up. Dude, It's like you, 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 you forget every week that the guy produces a morning show <laughs> I do. in Chicago radio until 10 o'clock. I'm in full off-season mode. <laughs> the kids are in various camps. Like, I can barely keep my head above water right Dude, now. Dude, I love you, but every week when we text about scheduling the podcast, it is like Groundhog Day. It's like we've never done a podcast before. <laughs> okay. I deserve that. <laughs> I deserve that. At least you admit it. Yes. Uh, WGNRadio.com slash bears is where you can read me. Theathletic.com or on the Athletic app is where you read Adam Johns. That is a cool app. Thank you. I did a good I got job. something on Kyle Fuller today. Check it out. Nice. Nice. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify. That's where you find the pod. Search Hogan Johns. Please rate and review it. More importantly, just tell somebody about it. Tell somebody that you know is a Bears fan to check out the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. Next week, our Ask Us Anything podcast is happening. Wednesday night, June 26th. So uh, those of you that have qualified to attend the podcast, we're looking forward to seeing you out there. Appreciate everyone who participated over the last few weeks. All those spots are given away. Um, All I can say is this to everyone else. We are going to have more live shows this year. So... This is, I know this is more exclusive event that's not really open to everyone, so I apologize for that. But uh, the main reason for that is just where we're doing it can't fit a million people. So we're going to have more live shows coming up, and I'm looking forward to announcing more of those details in the future. But what we're doing next week is cool. It's different. Again, instead of us just going dark for the next month like we have in the past, we're trying to come up with new creative things to, to do with you over the... And you can literally ask us anything. Yeah. Literally. You know, ask us. Keep it clean, but literally. Yeah, we probably should keep it clean. But it should be a fun night, and um, we're we're doing that next Wednesday night. So the podcast will be up late Wednesday, early Thursday morning for you, for everyone else who just wants to listen to it. I think it'll be a fun listen. By the way, we never really gave our uh, answers to the questions, you know, the qualification questions. Yeah. So going back to the first one we did, which was, uh, what does the fox say? Yes was the answer, which I think might end up popping up in this episode, coincidentally. Yes. And then two weeks ago, what was the animal that was running across Soldier Field at the end of the playoff game? That was a possum. possum. 
And then last week, the question was, who were our two guests on our first ever live show that we did, which was at Dirty Nellie's in Palatine, which, by the way, has had a fire. Really? Since Grease we fire? Were, we were there. We didn't start the fire yeah. with our hot takes, but... Yeah. I was going to say, we brought the fire. We, we always do. <laughs> um, it's Jared Payton and Patrick Manley. Those were the two answers. I saw Patrick Manley last weekend. Yeah. At Libertyville days. Just hanging out. He's tall, so it's... Kind of easy to spot yes, him when yes. you see him. Uh, Patrick, still, he actually still looks the same from his playing days. He does. He's in great shape. Yeah. Pat Manley's a good dude. Um, so those were the answers from that. All right. So everyone's upset with John Fox here. You heard it in the open. Let's discuss this a little bit. Okay. Okay. And I also want to bring the full context to the conversation. John Fox is now a paid employee of ESPN. Correct. Paid to give his opinions on... NFL stuff. Now, if you've watched this, and I don't watch NFL Live regularly. I'm just too busy. I think it's a decent show, though. Mm -hmm. But every time I've caught John Fox, he has never once said anything that really is incredibly insightful or makes you think more than you know. No, no way. Yeah, I know. It's a a shock. It's it's shocking. Yeah, okay. It's shocking. Unbelievable. And, and I think the one thing about Fox is he's, we, we've always said it, like he's well-liked in the business. Yes. And he doesn't ruffle feathers guy, yeah. with a lot of people. And so I think that's, loves Fox. that's the one thing about him doing this job is he's not going to say anything too controversial. Um, and when he does, I mean, I could see how it would be convenient to do so against the former team that he coached. Right. That makes sense. Just a year removed. So... Anyway, he's doing, uh, I don't know what day this was, a couple days ago, he and Diana Rossini was on it, Damian Woody, John Fox. They were asked by Chris Collinsworth's son, who's now hosting for them, uh, who, which team had the worst offseason in the NFL? Yes, I think Diana said the New the, York Giants. The Giants. And then I'm going to pick it up here, okay. because I, I think to add the context of the whole thing of what John Fox said, it's important to also hear what Damian Woody said before him. So this picks up with Damian Woody's opinion on who had the worst offseason in the NFL. I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. I think lo- losing Vic Fangio, mm. him becoming the head coach of the Denver Broncos, I think yep. is huge. That, mm. that Denver, de- I mean, that Chicago Bears defense, I mean, it literally, like, fueled their offense. It, it's, the, it's the identity of the Bears. Mm-hmm. And when you lose a, a talented defensive coordinator like that, I think there's going to be some slippage there. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears, too. I think uh, when you're going to play defense, you're going to lean on takeaways to help a young offense, and you don't have a kicker, a reliable kicker, that you're going to need those points from after some of those turnovers. Uh, I think the kicking question is, is really big right now in Chicago, and I think that might be a problem for them in the season. Now, I could be wrong here. Because this is me just sort of speculating. Okay. My guess is John Fox didn't really give too much thought to this answer. No. <laughs> and sort of just went off of what Damian Woody said. So he just winged it. And then in his analysis said something pretty obvious, which, by the way, is not wrong. No, he's not wrong. The he's kicking wrong. situation no. is a 100% yes, fair yes. thing to bring up. And it is a problem. It yes. continues to be a problem. Yes. Now, as some people pointed out, he had a role in creating the problem. Was shipping Robbie Gold out probably of town. the yeah he's probably the most important factor but in Robbie Gold's departure. That doesn't mean that three years later he can't 
say that it's still a problem because it accurately is and he's an analyst and by the way it's been three years other people in power could have fixed it by now yes all right but he was still in power for post robbie gold sure counter barth who was there mike nugent carlos santos yes and uh carlos santos don't forget about carlos thank you roberto aguayo that's off foxy era sure kickers they came through sure so so he's talking about a problem that essentially he started. We'll just leave it at that. Right. I, I just saw, I, I do want to defend two things. I mean, he is a, an analyst. He's paid to answer these questions. And the, the kicking thing is completely fair to bring up. Now, this is where this doesn't make any sense. That question doesn't make no sense. Thanks, Willie Young. Are you out of your mind? This goes to both Damian Woody and John Fox. Yeah. The Bears have not had the worst offseason in the NFL. Like, are these people even paying any attention? Yeah. Now, again, even what Damian Woody said, it's fair to bring up that Vic Fangio's gone. That's a big question. I mean, those two guys just brought up the two biggest questions for the Bears. Yeah. You lost Vic Fangio, and you still don't have a kicker. Completely fair. Yeah. But to say that they had the worst offseason, when, by all other accounts... You know, they did a pretty decent job with not a lot of money in free agency, especially when you kind of ha-ha Clinton Dix falls into your lap. Yeah. Okay, just for one example, you you get a pretty good draft if people have been paying attention to end up with David Montgomery and Riley Ridley when you didn't have a first and second round pick. And I understand I'm saying all this without any of these guys playing it down to football yet. But there's other teams like the Giants, which Diana Rossini yeah. brought up. How about the Houston Texans, who just fired their GM after one year when they thought they had Nick Casario from the Patriots, and they didn't? Yep. Tampering charges, all that. How about the New York Jets? I like the Joe Douglas hire. Don't get me wrong. But they seem to be a hot mess. The star running back that you signed and give a big contract. Adam Gase is an incredibly questionable hire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Le'Veon Bell isn't there for K- or mini K- or uh, OTA. Right. You yeah, give yes. a running back all this money, and I don't care. And he wasn't in the league last he, year. He didn't play it down, and he didn't show up to your camp. I mean, there are so many other. <laughs> the Bears aren't even in the hint of this conversation. At, at of least, worst in the NFL. At least mention Vic Fangio's replacement. Right. Chuck Pagano is not some run of the mill defensive coordinator you've never heard of. This is a guy who was in charge of one of the best defenses in the 2000 to 2011 um, Ravens. Right? Yeah, it's not like Terrell it, Suggs was his defensive player of the year. They didn't replace him with Mel Tucker. Yes, they replaced him with Chuck Pagano. Yes, yes, yes. Chuck Pagano became a, the head coach of the Colts because of his success with the Ravens. At least name his successor. I mean, I can't answer that. I mean, this is like, I don't know, horse racing. One more thought about Fox's answer. Does he think they're playing like some ball security offense with Dal Lockins calling plays? I get that they want to lean on, on the defense a bit. They did it last year. I get that the takeaways were a huge factor last year. But does he have no idea what type of offensive game plans Matt Nagy was planning or had planned last year or the type of explosions that Mitch Trubisky had against like the, the Lions or the Buccaneers? Buccaneers. This is a different era of offensive football, Mr. Fox. I'm glad you brought this up because to me, this is what was actually lost in the... I'm going to say it, overreaction of John Fox criticizing the Bears. Like yes. People need to settle down a little bit that... 
John Fox is going to sometimes say negative things about the Bears. And, and honestly, I didn't even take this as like vindictive against his former team like a lot of people did. I honestly just think he didn't think about the question too much. Okay, but the highlight of this answer to me is actually this. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears, too. I think uh, when you're going to play defense, you're going to lean on takeaways to help a young offense, and you don't have a kicker, a reliable kicker. He doesn't believe in Mitch Trubisky at all. He still thinks the defense is driving everything, and his whole point here is that the offense can't score once they get the ball, and you need a kicker. So you're, you're, you're thinking his former comments of him saying that Mitch Trubisky has it. Remember those headlines? He said Mitch Trubisky has it. Yeah. Yeah, this the is the tangible same. it. The it the the it that he didn't want to draft. Yes. By the way. Or did it know they were going to draft? To me, the headline of what he was saying was that he doesn't trust his offense to score. Yeah. Whether that's Mitch or anything else. Well, that's how he coached the Bears when he was here. Which, again, gets back to what both of these guys said, Damian Woody and John Fox. They're clearly not paying attention to what's going on on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, Because it's fair to bring up that Vic Fangio's gone and they don't have a kicker. Anybody who's paying attention here, though, is seeing an offense, and this is what we've been writing and talking about since OTA started, an offense that is clearly way ahead of where it was at this time last year, with a quarterback that I think at least you and I believe is going to take a step forward. I don't know if he's going to the Pro Bowl again. I don't know they deserve to go to the Pro Bowl last year. You know what I mean? But he still was in the Pro Bowl. Yep. They don't they don't put bums in the Pro Bowl. Yep. Okay, he wasn't that bad. And I think he's going to be better this year. And if he is better, you look at these weapons across the board, this offense is going to be able to score. So... That, to me, was the biggest thing, is he still doesn't trust this offense. And maybe you're right. Maybe he still thinks they're running his offense. Yeah. One thing I almost tweeted when this came out, and whatever, I, I don't want to be part of the overreaction. There was no need to aggregate it or anything like that, is that over the years, we've seen a lot of former players become analysts locally, nationally, right? Former coaches, former GMs. And I think as a beat writer, or even as a fan that follows things closely, you know when these guys are doing their research. You know when they're just throwing out cliches and and whatever. This was one of those cases. They knew some talking points, but they didn't read much. They didn't do their research. They're paid to give their opinions. I get it. But I don't think neither of them had an informed opinion. Maybe there's some sour grapes with Fox. Actually, I definitely think there's some sour grapes with Fox. Of course there is. But these guys, as Vic Fangio would say, do your research. That, and that's, that's what I'm kind of getting at here. It's do your research. This was just an easy answer for him. To, like, he doesn't like criticizing people. It, the whole segment was set up as this is a negative question, by the way, which you didn't hear in the clip. Yeah. And so it's easy for him to just to go against the Bears. Yep. Because he doesn't really have to worry about friends still there, right? And uh, meanwhile, the guy sitting to his right said the same team, too. So he's not really ruffling another feather here. You're absolutely right, though. Because I almost pulled this other clip of Lewis Riddick talking about the Bears' backfield. And he loves the Bears' backfield. And it's not just because it's positive. Even if he had bashed the Bears' backfield... 
the whole segment, his analysis is backed up with, wow, you can tell this guy's paying attention. You guy, you can tell he's watched tape on, he's talking tape to people. on Mike yeah. Davis. Yeah. He's looked at the Iowa State tape of David Montgomery. And now he's also, it's. I don't know if he's tight with Matt Nagy or he just likes Matt Nagy a lot. I think they worked together well, they, at some they, point. Yeah, they went back to the Eagles. Yeah. Right, so... That I Lewis Riddick's been a big fan of what the Bears have been doing for the last year, and that's probably on the flip side part of it too. Yes, I'm, I'm you know I'm willing to admit that, but the guy's doing his homework, and I think Lewis Riddick's one of the best analysts there is in football yeah. right now. Well, that's why he's a rising star. He's I was doing his homework for the second. People can tell for the second straight year Monday Night Football screwed up by not putting him on yeah. in the game broadcast. They should have. So. Oh, John Fox. It could have been an option. You know, I don't know that uh, it can be super critical. I think, you know, when you're out there playing quarterback, it looks a little different than when you're up in a press box uh, you know, having hot dogs. Oh, I forgot about that comment. The, the press- old hot dog-laden press box. <laughs> well, I'm not going to get into all this, you know, as far as differences between two guys. Uh, you know, I just think that, you know, it would have been an option that, um, you know, had we had the, the coolness of the – Hot dog Latin press box. We might, might have gone there. <laughs> the coolness. The coolness. I don't even think there was hot dogs up there that day. That was at Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah. yeah. When uh, Brian Hoyer missed Elshon Jeffrey wide open at the end of the game. Yes. And we're trying to get him. Well, here's the funny thing. Like he spent he spent all his effort trying not to admit that he was open. Took shots at us with hot dogs. Yeah, and then at the end of it, after he started laughing, he said this: "He was open. He was open from that film I just looked at too." <laughs> then he admitted he was open. <laughs> oh, that was all man. in the same thing. Oh, John! What a pleasure he was to cover. And he's not a bad guy. He's Fox. He's likable. We all had beers with him at one point in his tenure here. But like, yeah. Now, we, re- we, we retired this. Should we bring it back? We had requests. We also had people begging us not to do it. What does the fox say? Why not? What does the fox say? You know, there's some unfamiliar area or infamiliarity, whatever that word is, non-familiar. Um, uh, what the fox say? I get it right the first time. Oh, John Fox. All right. You know, one thought, one more thought before we move on, because I know people are probably sick of it. Did you hear how many people or former players, Dan Hampton, Gary Fensick, just ripped him at the convention? Uh, yes. 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 Now, I'm used to that all the time. I did postgame shows with Hamp and OB yes, for... Yes three years with John Fox as the head coach, yeah. but to have it come out in the convention was definitely interesting. Yes. Yes. So what's that? What? Is there a lawnmower outside? Yeah. The guy mowing the lawn who I swear to God, the Vernon Hills park district plans their lawn mowing of the park next door <laughs> on days. I think they listen to the podcast. They know when we're recording. <laughs> they, they, have a better sense of when we're recording each week than I do. Than you do. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I deserve that. Um, yeah. Anyway, Duke Shelley signed his contract. Okay. Can we talk about the rookie class for a little bit? Sure. They're all signed up. No yes. holdouts this yes. year. Yes. No real Quan Smith situation. 
And, you know, third round picks, you know, other than the Roquan Smith situation, have been, at least across the league, the hardest to negotiate because they have the most leeway. The players, the agents have the most freedoms, I guess, in negotiations as opposed to others just because how the CBA works. But how about that rookie class? Can I just give you one major takeaway, you know, as we head into the, the downtime here? We got the five weeks before camp. They were darn good throughout the entire offseason program. You know, rookie minicamp is one thing. They should be good. The draft picks should stand out to you. The same happened in OTAs. The same happened in minicamp. What do you think? Just about the rookies? Yes. Yeah, I... Three specifically. David Montgomery, Riley Ridley, and Duke Shelley. I, I, I'm just hesitant because they haven't put pads on. You know what I mean? Like, I, I first of all, I agree with you. See, that's fine. That's fine, though. I, I guess my point of reference is, is this: two years ago, you were there, Tree Cohen. Yeah. Whoa, Eddie Jackson, all over the field. Mitch Trubisky. You said it yourself right away. This guy's better than Mike Glennon. He should be starting. I remember you telling me that in the sideline. You were right. I mean, that was obvious the first yes. day at camp. So flash forward, forget about Trubisky for a minute. Eddie Jackson's your starting safety by the time camp opens up, right? He used his success, or the Bears saw his success in the offseason program. He became a starter right away once Bourbon A opened. Tree Cohen, working with the starters, finding him a role. Remember that year? Then they debuted him against the Steelers. Things were all over the field. He was all over the field. Yeah. Just saying, I, I'm not going to write it off. I'm not. You can't because we have, we, we've seen it before. Rookies who have stood out this much have become instant contributors come camp, come preseason, come the regular season. Well, I, I think David Montgomery is going to especially be featured right away a lot. I mean, they even you just hear some of the things that the Bears say about him. It's obvious they love him. Riley Ridley, I, I agree that he looked good so far. I, I want to see what he looks like in pads when he's getting jammed at the line of scrimmage a little bit more. Um, but he's a polished route runner, and I he's, he's looked, long. He's man. looked faster than I thought he would be, too. Again, no pads, but he's looked fast. Because the defense is in shorts, too. Yep. So he still stands out as fast. They're going up against somebody. It's an equal playing field. Um, but, you know, that wide receiver group is so... Stacked and jumbled up right now. I, I'm really interested to see where he falls and all that. I'm interested to see where even a guy like Javon Wims, who worked with the ones a lot, you know, that was one of the takeaways from OTAs is that he he's not an afterthought, that's for sure. So, but you know, we've seen that before, and then things change quickly in training camp, and that's why you have training camp, and that's why it's so competitive. And then Duke Shelley, I agree, he, he's looked good, he's looked feisty. Um, He's still a six-round pick, so again, let's see what it looks like when uh, the when the pads are on and everything. Yeah, well, he's he's clearly in a backup role right now between Buster Screen, but for a player to make that many plays on the ball as Vic Fangio, he's got his, he's got his hands on a lot of balls, as Vic Fangio he would does. say. He did. He broke up a lot of passes. Yeah, a lot of passes. So this this year in Bourbon is going to be fun. I think there's going to be even though there's not necessarily a lot of job competition. There's just so much talent on the field. A lot of internal competition. The practices are going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I think. So, all right, uh, here's what we're going to do right now. Got a surprise guest for you on the 
Hogan John's hotline, which is a uh, phrase that I just made up right now. But uh, she's right off the red eye coming in from L.A., and I know the first thing she wants to do is talk to us, right? She's Stacy Dales from the NFL Network. What's up, Adam? How's it going? What's up, Stacy? If my dogs bark, I apologize in advance. Get down. You know what the the thing about that is? Is we always record this in my house, and my dog barks all the time in the podcast. <laughs> so it's fun. It makes it fun, and he's got a lawn crew right outside his windows. Yeah, we're, right now. we're dealing with a lot of obstacles right now as we yeah, do this. adversity. My office has three windows in it, and my dogs sit on a bench beside me. And when there's a leaf that falls down, they bark at the leaf. Or oh. anything that, that passes by. So <laughs> I know all about that. Every John's gets the greeting every week from my dog that goes nuts, even though it's the same guy every week. Dog, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no there's no difference. All mm-hmm. right. So Stacy Dale's a friend of the podcast. We love having her on, and um, we're kind of in the the dead month. Although uh, hopefully you get some time off here soon, Stacy. I know you're in LA uh, doing some work, but. We're still kind of analyzing everything we saw in the offseason and applying it forward to to Bourbon A when the Bears get down there uh, in about five weeks. One thing that we've noticed, and since you're kind of more on the national side of things, Stacey, there seems to be kind of a split in how people are viewing the Bears offseason. I kind of get why they would be a trendy team to predict to regress just because they took such a jump forward last year and the schedule so much harder, which is understandable. But I think those of us that are around the team all the time, and you're around the Bears a lot too, they're still so young and they're still growing that I think it's hard for us to really see that they're going to regress. I would agree with that. I think when you're there, um, guys that, uh, thanks for having me on. I love coming on with you guys. Um, when you're there and you're around the players and you're around Nagy, you have a completely different perspective than that, which is the narrative nationally or beyond Hellas Hall. And, I, I, you know, I don't take it for granted. I know you guys don't. You know, we get that access. And we go in there and we're surrounded by this energy that Nagy has. And you talk to Akeem Hicks, who, who told me, I was on the Rich Eisen show this week um, in L.A. And, and, and said 12-4 and four is not good enough. And there was sort of this reaction from Twitter folks like, what? 12 wins is great. But that's the mentality within the Bears locker room, that 12 wins isn't good enough. I mean, we had Nagy on for Minicamp Live, and uh, that's what he said himself um, with Andrew Siciliano and I. So there, there is definitely a narrative that, as my dogs say hello to you guys. You called it. There's definitely a narrative that we have, I think, that's different and that I can really appreciate the vantage point we have. You were also at that Bears 100 celebration as well. And I think that the vibe that was already, already created by Matt Nagy, this unfinished business mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it was almost enhanced by the, the current team hearing it from like Mike Dicka, Dan Hampton, Richard Dent, Gary Fentick, to hear them say that they believe in them, to see that they see something special. I mean, these were members of the 1985 Bears, you know, the arguably the best football team of all time. And I don't know how you felt about what they were saying, but to me, at least my impression was, Stacey, is that that really struck a chord with some of the current players as well. I... I would, again, tend to agree with you guys. I mean, you know, you know, you stand and interview Jim McMahon and he's, I, I asked him like, what do you think about this quarterback in this team? 
And he, he, you know, he doesn't mince words and he looks at me. He's like, I, you know what? I like this quarterback. I like where this thing's going. And you talk to Richard Dent and you ask him his thoughts on Khalil Mack and this, you know, defensive front. And, you know, the first thing he talks about is their ability to rush. And like what, what, what they're talking about, and you guys understand this is you didn't lose all but one starter defensively. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to think to yourselves, well, it's new coordinator in Chuck Pagano, who's got a lot of energy and, you know, has a different approach, though a lot of insight and intelligence in the game. Um, this team didn't lose a whole lot. They only added offensively. I mean, the, the, the biggest concern for the Chicago Bears right now is to stay healthy. That's it. And then get a kicker. I mean, those are the two obvious things. And I think if, you know, you would talk to Nagy or any of the folks on the staff, they would say the same thing to you. So it did. I think it did really impact the players. There, There is just a different vibe. There's a, like a very business-like vibe. I remember talking to Danny Trevathan that night that I saw you guys and we were all watching these, you know, legends come down the orange carpet. And, you know, Danny looked at me and I was like, dude, you have basically a hundred percent attendance rate, like with superstars on your defense and your offense. And he's like, I know. And I said, that ain't happening all around the league. And he's like, I know we got something special. And keep in mind, he won a Super Bowl at Denver. So um, they're talking about that. And I don't think there's going to be complacency with this group, but you're right, guys, they do have a difficult schedule. I mean, you know, you think about the start of the season and you start with green Bay on NBC, (laughs) you're then going to Denver then you go to Washington. I mean, we'll see what happens with them, but um, Minnesota is your week four game. So it's it's not an easy start for them, but it'll be, a, I think, they'll be welcome, welcoming the challenge. But you know what's funny? And, and we've talked about that. The schedule is so much harder. And I think what's cool is that the games every week are going to be big ones that, you know, they just feel big. There's, they're not going to feel like noon sleepers. Um mm-hmm. You, you just those first five weeks, though, and, and the the Raiders too in, in London. Yeah, some of them are tough, but the Bears are gonna be favored in all those games. You know what I mean? Like they're they're. St- I think what people are gonna realize: yes, the schedule's hard, but mm-hmm. as the season goes along, and once you get into the grind of it's a week by week thing. Every week's a new week. You're playing a new team. You got new matchups, mm-hmm. and that's how the coaches look at it too. The matchups are still most weeks, if not mm-hmm. all of them, to be honest with you, because yeah. I think people are gonna realize this team's pretty good. They're still going to be in the Bears' favor. So just to say they're going to drop off because the schedule's harder, I, that's, I guess that's what I'm getting at. It's just, it's just a little short-sighted because I still think most weeks they're going to be favored and they're going to have a good chance to actually improve just, on 12 I, I think some fans, even some media members, analysts, pundits, whatever, are struggling with the idea that the Bears are good and relevant again <laughs> because it's been so long, right? Like. <laughs> And, and, you, you know what I'm saying, Stacey? Like, I, I get, yeah, I, I get I the concerns. I, I get the questions. You guys, you guys are standing there, right, at Hallis Hall watching practice. Like, you know, again, what a vantage point we all share. And you, you and I are both watching Mitch Trubisky get pissed off because he throws a touchdown to Taylor Gabriel, and it, get, it gets called back in, in basically mandatory minicamp. Remember this? Yeah. And, you know, they're having fun, they're, whatever, but – I don't understand if people just know how competitive Mitch Trubisky is. I don't know if they realize like this guy has a winning mentality in his head. Like it, he is, he is a winner and I think he will be distinctly improved this season. 
we went along all last year. Can Mitch Trubisky learn how to read defenses? This guy is enthralled with football. And we watched him zing the football. I think his arm accuracy is personally, I think it's underrated because he's so athletic. Um, and, you know, I, I said on Rich's show this week, too, like, and, and I'll say it with you guys, it's he, he really, I believe, has this team humbly in the palm of his hand as far as being a leader on this offense and really the galvanizing face of, of what's becoming. And it's really I would say cool on the other side of the ledger that you have Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack and Trevathan who are sort of, you know, captivating in this defense in terms of what they bring as leaders in different ways. So I, I, I really think the bears are the favorite and, you know, two primetime games, thanks to the scheduling gods in the NFL is, is a really a, a reflection of that. Yeah, no question. She's Stacy Dales from the NFL network. Stacy, I have a, a kind of a job question for you. So you, I mean, <laughs> you're based in Chicago. Um, that, that gets you around the bears a, a decent amount, which is why we like talking about the bears with you. But, um, you, how do you keep up to date on everything else? I mean, cause you know, we're immersed in the bears and kind of the bears only to, I mean, we still try to obviously keep a pulse on what's going on in the league, but you go week to week to a different game and you gotta be in, in you know, totally immersed in what those teams are, uh, doing mm-hmm. at, at any given time. How, how do you address all that? You just have to really, uh, it's a great question, um, really stay connected with teams. You know, I was fortunate. I'm entering my, humbly entering my 11th football season at the NFL, and I really love what I do. I'm probably too passionate about it sometimes. I have to reel it in, and I approach it with humility, and I was really fortunate to cover, you know, the the initial nuances of Thursday night football for three or four years. So every week, guys, I was at, you know, a Thursday night football game. And as you know, all, you know, 32, I I believe, I don't know if they all do or close to it, play on Thursday night football. So um, I I got to really get to know every single team in the league. And that was extremely helpful. So, you know, building those connections early in my career was important. Then as far as what I do now is I'm constantly reading and I'm if, if there's a situation that comes up that I have an opportunity to host mini camp live with Andrew and we're at six remotes, um, some of which are, you know, the Rams, the Raiders, uh, Atlanta, wherever we are, I just get in touch with my sources and say, Hey, what, you know, what's the fun story right now? So that we pop on and, uh, you know, I can sort of gloss over what's going on with the team and thank, thankfully have those sources that I trust and trust me. And, um, and then the reading, you know, I, I read everything you guys do. Um, our, our, I, I've said this to you guys before our, uh, our, our media base here in Chicago is truly incredible. It's a great group of guys uh, and gals. And like you, the, the two Adams I'm talking to are, are phenomenal and so well received and respected. And I think, there's a lot of people that I look to and read the material and be, Oh, I thought I didn't think of that. You know what? So when I go talk to Trubisky, you know, whether it's a a Hogue or a Johns or, uh, you know, whomever it may be, you just added a perspective that I didn't hear about. And that's kind of how I work with my producers. I collaborate on everything for any report I do. Hey, what do you think? What would you want to know about? What am I missing here? Because our fans are really smart and they really care about the game. They're hard on us. They're hard on the players. They're hard on the coaches. 
And, uh, so, you know, so I think we all work tirelessly to give them a really good product. And I was just in my meetings in, in LA for the NFL network and content and fan outreach is so critical for our success. So I, I would say those are the things that I try to do to stay current, you know, as far as the national perspective. You're way too kind to, to us, to us two goofballs here, Stacy. But, um, <laughs> I think what I've learned about the, at least the Chicago fan is, is that they'll call you out if you don't know what you're talking about or they sense that you don't know what you're talking about. It doesn't matter if you're a radio host or a writer. They're smart yeah. fans. They're engaged fans. So um, beyond the Bears, though, I guess this would be one of our final questions here. Who else do you feel strongly about? Who else has similar vibes as the Bears across the league? I mean, which teams would you identify as feeling really good about what's coming for them this coming season? I love that question. Um, the immediate team that comes to mind is, you always want to think New England because it's Tom, but um, the Rams. I mean, they really didn't lose a whole lot. Um, you know, they, they lost in the Super Bowl. And certainly lost a couple of players, but you've added Clay Matthews, who, you know, I still have a lot of faith in. Um, I've, I've been told by their team that Eric Weddle has just been um, a dream type of addition in their backfield defensively. Um, you know, Todd Gurley, they're going to figure out how to manage him better. Um, you know, Cooper Cup is going to be healthy. Like th- these guys are stacked offensively. They've got a good offensive line. I'm interested to see what happens with Carolina. I think Cam Newton being injury free and being able to throw the football and have a healthy Greg Olson and, you know, Mr. All Purpose and Christian McCaffrey. And, you know, Ron Rivera's focus is always, let's make sure our defense is really good. So I'm, I'm sort of intrigued by them. Um, I mentioned new England, you you can never weigh Tom Brady out. Um, and, And I would also say that of Aaron Rodgers. So I think that the NFC North from, just the national perspective. And I just had a conversation with one of my superiors a couple of days ago in LA, like this is going to be a division. We are always at because it is going to be cutthroat. We expect um, it's so funny in this whole conversation. We don't even mention, you know, Minnesota and Aaron Rodgers and Kirk cousins at Minnesota and how perceivably they underachieved. And, and then what's happening with a revamped Detroit team. Now that, Matt Patricia has some of his quote guys in though, Trey flowers and Danny Amendola and um, guys like that. So, you know, what did Kirk cousins do over the off season with his offensive coordinator and then Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, you know, we have enough to talk about, I would say guys here in the Midwest. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be a fun year. Latin, you know, a lot of those teams you just mentioned the bears play this year. So one of the many uh, games that, Especially that that Rams game in L.A. Yeah, one of the many games. Yeah, so it's gonna be huge. And you know, it's crazy year. too. Sorry to interrupt you, but like you think about just the Bears' schedule alone, and and you have Kansas City sitting on your your map at the yeah. end of the season, and you know, it's this is how much I love football. I, I already can't wait for Week 16 to see Andy Reid and Matt Nagy go at it, and then is Patrick Mahomes what he was last year? Because that was one of the most remarkable offensive um, displays consistently that i've seen covering football i mean so you know there's just so many storylines going into the season and you know it's a lot of fun that we get to talk about them absolutely stacy dales right off the red eye and on to the hogan johns podcast thank you stacy all right guys i appreciate you all right thanks so much have a great day you too there she is stacy dales 
fun to have her on the podcast again. Yeah. We like talking She to her. does a fantastic job. Uh, incredibly kind person, too. Is that, you know, it's nice when we go through the grind of the NFL season. You get to be around good people. Yeah. But just talking Unfortunately, about, you're stuck with I mean, me. She's a national reporter, but it's, in terms of someone who... We, we talk about Fox and Damian Woody. She's plugged in. Do you hear she's what doing she doing her homework. Said? Yes. She's yes. doing her homework. Yes. Yeah. I mean, her, she's breaking down Mitch Trubisky's OTAs right there for you. Yeah. And how he's looking. And, and so that's, I mean, that's that's the kind of, hopefully. I, I forgot about that play to Taylor Gabriel, too. Was it in the corner? The it was in the back corner. It was right in front of me. Um, it looked like he juggled the ball, which he didn't want to admit. But I do think he regathered it and got his feet in. The referee that made the call, because there were referees at that practice, was out of position because they did. It's not like they have yes, yeah, yeah. all the referees, yeah, yeah, full staff. So yeah. it wasn't like it was fault, but he was he wasn't in the back corner of the end zone where he could have seen it. And uh, then Larry Mayer put his hands up to signal touchdown to give his opinion on the matter. And Akeem Hicks told him, <laughs> "Nobody cares, Larry. Put your hands down." <laughs> to which I am going to. That's the best part of the story. It is. And, um, you know, technically I'm breaking rules there, but I think by quoting that from a practice, but I don't care because I am going to actually have that quote framed yes. and hung yes. in the Bears media yeah. room. Yes. When, it, Nobody it, cares, Larry. Put your hands down. It was what, a few years ago. We're standing. This is when Charles Tillman is on the team. And Charles Tillman w- would always he'd take a knee off to the side, always a- away. He, you know, he'd get a different vantage point during one out, you know, one-on-one drills or team drills. And so he's taking a knee kind of towards the sideline of the media. And he hears Larry talking. And he goes, man, Larry, shut that bleep up. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Larry. Yes. That's one of my favorite moments from Bourbon A. Yes. Charles Tillman telling Larry Mayer, the website reporter. I think we're going to have to shut the heck this up. year. It's yes. always better when the team's winning and the vibes are good. Yes. 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 Um, all right. Hey, Stacy's not the only guest we have on this podcast. Oh, yeah. You got something here. I talked to Tariq Cohen. Um, before we get to that, though, uh, underrated but important note that we probably should have brought up earlier even, but Champ Kelly is staying with the Bears. Champ Kelly, the assistant director of player personnel, uh, who we talked about last week as we were discussing the Bears 100 panel that he was a part of with Josh Lucas and Mark Sadowski. Uh, Champ's been sought after by a couple teams here recently. Yes, yes. This time the J-E-T-S. J-E-T-S. Jets. J-T-S. I forgot the S. J-E-T-S. There we go. Jets. I'm not a New Yorker. Can't do it. Anyway, he's you staying. Can't, you can't spell Jets because you're no, not a New Yorker? <laughs> no, I was, the chant they do. The fireman J-E-T-S, guy. T-S, Jets, yeah, Jets, Jets. Yeah. You know what I found out when the White Sox went to Washington a couple weeks ago? Okay. The Nats do that. N-A-T-S, Nats, Nats, Nats. Oh, that's Nats. annoying. Exactly. It's annoying. It's like uh, cheering for the insect. Let's put the G in front of it. <laughs> for an insect. That is kind of what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We use the word Oski. It's not, yeah. It's uh, like Bears it. just announced a training camp schedule. Oh, okay. So Google it. Check it out. It's out there. Come to Bourbon A. We'll be there. Live show, maybe? Maybe. Yes. We're working on it. Yes. We'll there be should there. be one. We'll be there. We'll, there should be one. All right. Should we talk to Tariq Cohen and then get out of here? Yep. All right. Tariq Cohen, uh, kind enough to join the podcast this week. Had a chance to talk to him for a few minutes as uh, summer break has started for the Bears. Here's Tariq. 
Well, Bears running back Tariq Cohen is joining the Hogan Johns podcast right now. He's with Old Spice and Walgreens to help give guys the products they want and deserve because men have skin too. What's up, Tariq? You're supposed to be on a beach somewhere. You're not supposed to be working right now. I, you know, I, this this not really work, you know. I'm, I'm really still chilling. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, well, we'll get to what you're doing with Old Spice here. But, you know, one thing I haven't had a chance to ask you about is this uh, Run DMC nickname that uh, you guys were dubbed with right after the uh, the running back group uh, with David Montgomery got put together. Do, do you like that nickname? Are you guys running with that? I feel like it's a cool nickname. I feel like you really we really had to play first, you know, to, like, earn a nickname. Yeah, that's fair. But like with the with the swagger you guys put together last year, the way the fans embrace things, I mean, that's something that could really get going if that trio of running backs, if you guys uh, really start to perform right away against the Packers week one. Well, yeah, definitely. That's what we're looking forward to, you know, coming out. And uh, we uh, always say in our running back room that we want to, you know, help the team in any way that we can and, uh, you know, be the best group on the field. Well, speaking of that, Tariq, you, you played in two very different offenses your first two seasons. You must have had so much fun in Matt Nagy's system last year. I mean, one one snap, you're running the ball. The next, you're running a deep route. The next, you're running a short route. You're returning punch. You're returning kicks. Then you're throwing the ball. I mean, the way uh, he incorporated you into everything, I mean, you got to be on your toes, but that has to be just, a, for, for you personally, your position, just a blast to be playing in. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm uh... – I like to say, I'm an offensive guy, but really I'm a just a uh, put the ball in my hands type of guy. You know, anywhere I can get the ball in my hands and make a play for my team. And, and I, I don't think any moment – I know you guys lost to the Eagles, but you get that kick return opportunity there at the end of the game and do exactly what you're asked to do and pick up some yardage. I mean, uh, that wasn't something you were doing the whole season, but that had to feel pretty good even though you guys came up short. Oh, yeah, definitely. It felt great. You know, I feel like uh, my team needed a boost. And uh, that's what I want to be, a smart plug. So I feel like in that situation, putting me back there, you know, it's something that I had to do. I, like, I had to make a play. It was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Well, you know, I, I try not to put too much stock in OTAs because you guys are running out there in shorts and no pads on. But I got to say, just looking at the weapons all over the offense, I know you guys are all expecting Mitch to take a big step forward this year. But, you know, aside from that, just the the amount of weapons you guys have at every single position across the offense is very, very impressive. I, I just – I don't see how the offense doesn't take a step forward just based on that, the, the added depth that you guys have all over the place. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, uh, just being being another year in Coach Nagy's system, you know, everybody's getting more uh, accustomed to it. So right now starting off, we're ahead where we were at last year. So there's always uh, signs for a good thing. For a good thing. Well, what are you doing with Old Spice and Walgreens? Uh, I'm partnering with Old Spice and Walgreens because uh, they help me keep my skin clean. You know, because like you said, men have skin too. And I'm on the field and getting dirty all the time. So Old Spice is a product that I use in the locker room and at home. Yeah, well, I see. What is what is Fiji? Because that, that, that's like a scent? Yeah, Fiji is one of the scents from the, the fresher collection. And uh, for the month of July, if you buy two uh, deodorants from the fresher collection, you get... Uh, two for eleven, two for eleven dollars. And I gotta find out what exfoliating with charcoal body wash means because that seems counterintuitive to put charcoal on. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's definitely the uh the product that I have at home. Uh, I use it to you know get my skin back to back to normal and stay strong. You know, with all the grass and dirt and always uh, getting on my skin. Hey Tariq, what was your top moment uh, of last year? Everything you guys accomplished, but what what was your highest moment of the season for you? 
I feel like my highest moment was probably, uh, you know, my special teams unit uh, helping me get selected to go to the Pro Bowl. Uh, I feel like that was big for, you know, me individually and for our whole special teams unit, uh, including uh, Coach Tabor. I feel like, uh, you know, he helped me grow. And uh, I wish I could have took my whole unit with me, all 11 guys, all 10 other guys with me to the Pro Bowl. Did uh, seeing Devin Hester and then some of those highlights at the Bears 100 celebration uh, get you going a little bit to want to do more there in the return game? Oh, yeah, definitely. I used to, uh, when Devin Hester used to come to the games, I would see him in a tunnel, and then they would, like, fire me up for the rest of the game, like, to try to just get a special teams touchdown. And uh, I would just be so hyped trying to do that for him. Yeah, and then you had the whole Soldier Boy thing going. I mean, even seeing that at the at the convention a couple weeks ago, I mean, that brought back memories for me too because uh, you talk about getting hyped. That, that certainly did it. So I know everyone's looking forward for, for more uh, from you in the return game too, uh, but certainly a good step forward with the Pro Bowl last season. Hey, give me some impressions of David Montgomery so far coming in as a rookie. Everyone's talked about how mature he is, how hard he works. Have you, have you been able to see that already? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I thought like he has tremendous work ethic. Uh, he's a fun guy to be around. At first he was quiet, but now, you know, he's uh, getting to know us, so he's opening up a little bit. He's uh, definitely a, a hard worker. You can tell in, in the way he runs that he's uh, passionate about the sport. So in your ideal world, you have yourself, you have David Montgomery, you have Mike Davis, who I know Bears fans are all getting ready to see too, coming up here in Bourbon A and in some of these preseason games. In your, in your mind, how does that all work between the three of you guys? I see myself, you know, doing the same things that I was doing last year, uh, pretty much. So I feel like, you know, they're going to uh, get their carries. Uh, everybody's really going to be happy because uh, we're all looking for a common goal. You know, we're not really, you know, stat chasing. We're all just trying to win and uh, get to that get to that Super Bowl. All right. Well, uh, I, you know, there's something I got to ask you about. I don't know if you saw this or not, but your former coach, John Fox, he's working on TV now and he's entitled to have his opinion. But he said the Bears had the worst offseason in football the other day. Did you happen to see that? Oh, no, I didn't even see that. I mean, that just cannot be accurate, though. With uh, I know everyone's anxious about the kicking situation and things like that, but you guys kept adding on. I, I, I imagine that can't be the feeling in the locker room, at least. Oh, no, definitely. We, it's actually the opposite. We're, we're all optimistic, and we feel like you know, we're heading in the, good, in the right direction. What have you seen from Mitch Trubisky so far that makes you think he's going to take a big step forward? Uh, he's taking the reins of the offense. You know, he's uh, making those adjustments post uh, like after the huddle, you know, making the audibles at the line of scrimmage and just doing things that, you know, that a coach would do on the field. So whenever you can have, like, two coaches, uh, I feel like it's, a, it's always a recipe for for success. Yeah, and I know I'm not out there with you guys and I'm not there in the locker room, but even just being out there at practice, I, I saw a, a guy that had taken a step forward just in the way that he was leading you guys out there in practice. Uh, he just seemed more vocal. I, I know he... Got better at that as the season went along last year, but even just coming back in practice, I mean, he looked more like a 10-year veteran out there with you guys in OTAs as opposed to a guy that was going through his first year in a new system last year. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like, uh, you know, when Mitch, it was just the fact that he had to uh, make some plays before he can feel comfortable, you know, talking to us. And now that he's done that and he knows what he's capable of, he's, he's going to, you know, lift as he rises. He's going to bring us with him. Now, Tariq, I actually owe you an apology because – Last week, I saw you try to kick a field goal in the indoor facility, and uh, I brought it up with Matt Nagy. I feel like I kind of sold you out. I didn't mean to do that. I thought the coaches saw it, uh, so I hope I didn't get you in too much trouble. But you trying to put your uh, your, your foot in to the kicking competition? I was just saying uh, 
how it was. I don't even I don't even know how to kick. They tell me I kick the ball wrong, so <laughs> I feel like if I get the technique down, I'll be pretty good at it. Yeah, well, I saw ten there had some advice for you. What does Mitch know about kicking? He told me I wasn't supposed to kick with my my toe. I had to kick it with like like the like a soccer kick or something. Yeah, like on the top of your foot or something like that. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'm sure Mitch is the kicking expert. Uh, so, what are you going to do the next five weeks before Bourbon? Just work on some celebrations. I know. Uh, just work on, you know, staying strong, staying in shape. The celebrations they don't they don't need to take that much. They just they spur the moment type things. Yeah, I got you. Hey, did you happen to see the women's national soccer team? They kind of got in trouble for their celebrations uh, last week. I don't know if you saw that or not, but uh, I didn't. I didn't see the celebrations, but I saw how many goals they scored. Yeah, it was like 13 or something, but I, you yeah. know, they got a right to celebrate, too. Definitely. All right, Tariq Cohen, uh, thanks so much for jumping on here with this. And again, for the month of June, all Old Spice Refresher Collection body wash and deodorants are two for $11, plus buy four, get $4 in rewards points. Tariq Cohen, thanks so much. We'll see you in Bourbon A. Oh, yeah, thank you. All right, there's Tariq Cohen, one of uh, many Bears running backs on this team that I think are going to be exciting to see. I... So we talked about this last week a little bit. I, I still feel like I don't know Mike Davis, like the football player. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see him in Bermuda. Yes. Yes. He's bigger than I thought. Yeah. He's a big dude. He's kind of a bowling ball. Yes. Type running yes. back. But, but he, but he, he moves catch. differently than the previous bowling ball, Jordan Howard. He's yeah. b- he's, I think he's, he's getting bigger, bigger legs. Yeah. yeah. But he's, yeah, he's more fluid, I'd say. He yes. can run routes. So it'll be intriguing to watch those guys this year and, um, I think it's cool hearing Tariq Cohen. The one thing about him, we always talk about this with fit, draft fit. You have to embrace where you're at and what your role is. And like Tariq Cohen has been an exciting enough player and has now been to a Pro Bowl, albeit as a special teamer, that he could be one of these guys that's like, all right, it's my time. Give me the rock. You know, I want the ball. I want to be the featured back. And he's not that way at all. He is embracing his role that he could get it at any point, at any spot in the field. Yep. He could throw the ball like he did last year. It, it, that You have to have the buy-in. Yep. It's what we were talking with Stacey Dales about earlier, too, how much these guys have bought in to what they're being asked to do. That is what you need to get to be able to be a winner in the NFL. And, and I think right now, it's not just the talent, but you have that buy-in across the board. That's why, again, I just I, I can't see this team regressing. Yeah. See, even like an eleven to five season, that, that's acceptable. Acceptable is a good word. Right, and some it. people might call that regressing just based on the record, but with the schedule, that you, we'll see what like it, going eleven and five is extremely difficult. I, I'm almost hesitant to say this, but I I actually feel it. I'll, like I'll be surprised if they're not four and one after five weeks. Yes, and I think five and zero oh is actually realistic. Yes, but if they're even three and two, that will surprise me. Okay, that would be a letdown. Yeah, that that would be uh, okay. What's going on here? Are they regressing? Yes. type of conversation. Well, well, we'll see how some of those games play out. Some crazy things could happen. But sure. yes, all right. Hey, fun episode. Yes. What for... time is the podcast next week? I'm gonna kill you. Actually, <laughs> next week. Make sure it's on... make sure you do have babysitters. <laughs> right. Because it's a live show. I'll be there, and it's downtown. Where? Uh, at WGN Radio. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What are we doing? I'm kidding. I For guess. those of you who are actually coming to that, um, <laughs> we will make sure you have all the details on where to be and how to be there. Uh, and it's going to be a fun time. So really looking forward to it. And 
the whole point is it's still a podcast. So we want to, it will be a fun listen for those of you who are not going to be in attendance. Uh, I'm actually really excited about this. And we got a couple other fun episodes planned in the next couple weeks as well. So, um, should we get out of here? Yep. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Tariq. You know what I should have done is ended with a different closing song. Should have gone with the Stones this week. Yes. Who's going to the Rolling Stones? We are. We are. I can't wait. Every time I see the Rolling Stones, I want to say it's the fourth or fifth time. I think it's going to be the last time. This could be the last time. Thankfully, you won't be sitting next to me tomorrow night. to taking pictures. (laughs) I'm cool with that. I'll take it. Stick to taking pictures. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't it's going to be fun. So maybe you'll see us if you're going to the Stones concert. Maybe you'll see us hanging around Soldier Field. Beer in hand. Not, oh. used, not used to being in the stands at Soldier Field. No. It's going to be fun. No. All right, everyone. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read us, wgnradio.com slash bears, theathletic.com. Thanks to our producer, Joe Romano. Ernie Scatton with the great open again. Search Hogan Johns. Please rate and review it. We appreciate you doing that. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify. Tell somebody about it. Go right now. Tell your friend to listen to this. We appreciate you doing that. Great listeners. We love you guys. Talk to you next week. See ya. I can't tell you how excited I am uh, to be back on the grass.